Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I'm so glad you're with us here on the Clark Howard Show, where it's about you learning ways to save more and spend less. And don't let anyone ever rip you off. Our website's clark.com and clarkdeals.com. So we've been in a hyper-intense election season, and a lot of people and families aren't talking about it with fellow family members because they are voting for opposite candidates or parties right now. I read a story recently about how uh, people who do financial planning are being, for lack of a better term, confronted by clients wanting to know who they wanted to win the election. And that says how front of mind it is on people's minds. And really, the person managing your money, you shouldn't care about who they're for as a candidate. Um, I think that's just part of the hyper-intensity of this moment in American political history, because you really want them to be someone who is on the same page with you and the goals they're trying to achieve for you, that they line up with what you're trying to achieve financially in your life. And I see item after item uh, about how people are trying to decide what they're doing with their money based on the election cycle. So I want to tell you to chill about that. You know, if you are investing, which is money that you are putting at risk It's money that should be there for the long haul. And what happens with any presidential election cycle or any off-year election cycle should not get you into a mind mode where you're making an ultra-short-term decision about something that's a long-term play. So, yeah, the election is not going to work out the way they want for roughly half the American people. But it doesn't mean that the people who are on the winning side should feel like suddenly everything with investing has changed for the good, and people on the losing side feel like suddenly everything with investing has changed for the bad. That's not how this game works. And it is unpredictable. And is that a word? Unpredictable. It is not something you can predict which way the stock market is going to go over time because so many different factors come into play and generally things we don't anticipate are the ones that lead to effects on investment portfolios. So don't make any rash moves before election day or following based on what you anticipate the results to be or what the results turn out to be. Because remember, with investing, you should be playing the long game, not the short. Which brings me to something that came up in a question 
I think just yesterday that I wanted to uh, explain again in a way that maybe makes it more clear. So people who have CDs maturing, and I'm getting these calls repeatedly on our show, are suffering sticker shock with the interest rate they were earning versus what they're now being offered. And holders of savings accounts have seen the rates drop from around 2% to now below 1% generally and still falling for simple savings accounts. And people are saying, what am I going to do? I mean, I'm not getting any money from my savings. So there's now a bunch of players emerging in the market, both crooks and non-crooks, that are offering accounts that are investment accounts, not FDIC or NCUA insured savings accounts or CDs, where you are generally getting into various versions of promissory notes where you are moving into a high-risk area with a great chance of losing some, much, or all of your money. It's not the same. So if you have money that you're just upset about how little you can earn on it right now with safety, like in a CD or savings account, know that every alternative involves some level of risk, including levels of risk you would not sleep well at night over. So be mindful of that, be careful, and avoid taking too much risk. And there are things worse than the money you need in a rainy day account or whatever, earning close to nothing. And what would be worse? Losing that money. It's time for your questions that you posted for me at clark.com slash ask. Producers Kim and Joel take turns. Kim? All right, this is from Jim in Alaska. Jim says, once upon a time, we got a mortgage through Countrywide. I saw something recently about a class action lawsuit, but I didn't pay much attention because after all, the lawyers are the ones that make all the money. However, I just received a check for $136. I'm trying to do some research and I can't figure out if it's legit. It is legit unless some crook is sending out fake checks. So this is such a blast of the long ago past because Countrywide's been extinct for a good, good while. Uh, It was one of the scandals of the banking scandals that happened in 7, 8, and 9 that led to the Great Recession. And it's just taken all this time for this class action to settle. And it involved, as I recall, issues with how appraisals were done at Countrywide. So it is really your money and it's real money for you to have and to spend. Joel? Clark Alicia in North Carolina says, I'd like to know if Wing Cellular is a good choice for me to switch to from Verizon. Um, it's it's fine. It's just what's known as a, uh, MVNO, which is a virtual network operator. They don't have their own cell towers or anything like that. Um, but their pricing is not anything that I'd say you should run to. It is above market prices of a lot of other players. I'd like you to go look at our guide to cell phone plans. Is Their plans are cheap, but you're not getting 
as much as other competitors in the marketplace are offering right now, although the, their plans could change tomorrow for all I know. But go look at our guide at Clark.com to the various cell phone plans, looking for the amount of data you need from very little to unlimited, and you'll be able to figure out which is going to be the best plan for you. And producer Kim, you switched recently and you took a big leap of faith. Tell me uh, who you switched to, what you get, and what you're paying. I switched to Hello Mobile, and I'm paying $20 a month because there's two of us on the plan. If there's only one person on the plan, I think it's 25 a month, and it's everything unlimited. So for me, that's going to be a savings for us of $720 a year. But it was scary. I hadn't ported a number in forever. And, you know, you just, you hope it works. But it worked. And everything's great. How about you? So you're paying $20 a month per each of you for unlimited talk, unlimited text, unlimited data. Correct. And which network backbone do they use? Oh, that was one of the big reasons that we switched was it's uh, T-Mobile. And that's who we were on before. So it seemed kind of like a lateral move, hopefully, in service coverage. And so far, so good. All right. And as, as the trending is clear, the cost of cell phone plans has been going steadily down, down, down through this year of the pandemic. And there are a number of reasons why I think those trends are actually going to accelerate. Kim, it's your turn for a question. All right. This is from Mary Alice in Georgia. She wants to know, what are your thoughts on the Walmart health insurance coverage that I keep seeing about? I'm genuinely unsure how it works. So Walmart is a very interesting case with health care. Walmart has the largest uh, private workforce in the United States, a massive workforce of is it a million and a half people, maybe? It's, it's ginormous, whatever it is. And healthcare is a huge expense for them. So they have gotten more and more heavily into healthcare in a variety of ways, including for their own employees and their customers. Walmart also now has an insurance license and can sell a variety of healthcare plans around the United States. Big emphasis right now on their part on programs for Medicare recipients, selling the various parts like Part D and selling the Medigaps and um, selling those controversial Medicare Advantage plans. Um, In addition, Walmart has been opening their own Walmart health centers. And these are one-stop shop places where you can go for uh, prices that are clearly disclosed for various health care that you may need geared towards people who are uninsured, underinsured, or have insurance but are worried about out-of-pocket. And so uh, Walmart also has the ability at these Walmart health locations to provide care for their own employees at a lower cost than they would otherwise. So uh, Walmart, of all people, is becoming an unexpected surprise significant influence in how healthcare is delivered and purchased in the US. It all started with the $4 prescription drug program 
where people would abandon so many prescriptions at the Walmart pharmacy counters. They were like, this is ridiculous. They'd abandon them because they'd, they'd start to get the prescription that the pharmacist had filled, and they'd say, I can't afford that, and they'd walk away. So by having a published list of all the cheap prescriptions available for various conditions, as I've encouraged you over the years, you when you have a doctor writing you a prescription, ask them if they can write it from one of the ones on the list where you know you can afford it. And so Walmart just gets heavier and heavier into health care. Joel? Clark Stephen in Oklahoma says, I started a small construction business and I want a simple preferably free bookkeeping software. Is there an app or a website that you suggest? This is an area that free and freemium have not survived. There were a number of companies that tried this a while back, mainly for consumers, but um, it's an area that's one you do have to generally pay for, but it doesn't have to be expensive. Like there's zero.com, xero.com, that sells business accounting software for about a hundred bucks a year. And then there's FreshBooks and QuickBooks. QuickBooks, probably the biggest player that are both more money, but none of these are budget busting accounting programs. And there's a cost to the continual updating that has to happen with uh, business accounting software products. And that's why this is a space that free has not really worked and freemium where there's a base free version and a paid otherwise has not worked either so you're going to have to lay out a little bit of money in this area renee is with us on the clark howard show and renee you actually are a very rare individual and that you have a 403b plan available to you that's not from a ripoff company Yes, I do. Do you know there's almost nobody in America with a 403B plan that's not being ripped off in the 403B plan? And you? Yes, I, I are, think I'm very lucky in that regard. Yeah, definitely. Well, you have a question for me about your 403B. Let's see if I can be of service. Sure. So I currently put in 4%, which is the max in order to get the match or I should say the minimum in order to get our maximum match through my employer. So that's a, a traditional pre-tax 403B. Well, I recently learned that I can change my contributions from being pre-tax to being a Roth 403B. So my question is whether or not I should do that. Um, and I also have a separate Roth IRA that I put um, the max into each year as well. Well, congratulations to you, Renee, on maxing out that Roth IRA. And would you say that you earn a moderate amount of money, a very large amount of money, or not a huge amount of money? I would say a moderate amount of money. All right. If you earn a moderate amount of money, it would be a good decision on your part to go in the Roth 403B choice for your contributions. The employer match will still be a pre-tax match so you'll still have money in both pre-tax and after-tax but it's really okay. to your advantage with you being a moderate income earner tax rates are unusually low these days and we're running big federal budget deficits so the odds favor 
over time that we're going to see higher tax rates instead of them staying the same or lower. And so I would suggest that it would be better for you to give up that current tax benefit you have of doing pre-tax contributions and go all Roth with the money you put in. Okay. So then should I just leave my existing Roth IRA as is, stop putting money into that and basically move that $6,000 into the Roth 403B instead? No, I think it's fine for you to have the two piles of money. Are you doing your Roth IRA with one of my low-cost companies I talk about? I am, yes. Okay, so if you're already with a low-cost company, even though the 403B plan you have is not with one of the rip-off providers, it's still likely to be more expensive in fees than what you have with your own Roth IRA. Because even a good 403B tends to be more expensive than a good Roth IRA. So I would continue to do the Roth IRA. uh, Your future contributions for the 403B go Roth 403B. Pick up that employer match and you're still saving a nice amount of your pay towards retirement, which is going to be very important to give you financial comfort later in life. It's my pleasure to welcome you here to the Clark Howard Show, where it's about your empowerment with knowledge so you can keep more of what you have. So I think about all the various questions I've had from people who are in the fortunate third of Americans, approximately, who've been able to pivot from working in an office environment or somewhere else other than their home to being able to not have to commute and work from home. So, gosh, there have been so many different wrinkles that people have asked me questions about being able to deduct expenses for working from home. Uh, Things like a home office deduction and all that. Well, because of a change in the tax law a couple of years ago, it is much harder for you to be able to deduct expenses from your home unless you are an independent contractor. So... A lot of people working from home now are still being paid W-2. If you're having taxes deducted from your paycheck, then as a general rule, you are not going to be able to deduct expenses. And so, uh, and I give you kind of an idea, this is from a Barron's Magazine article, because a lot of their readers have been asking about this. If you use your home office because your employer is not allowing you to use the office that they provided you before, you still are not going to be able to deduct that home office. And I know there are accountants that are feeling pressure from clients, but as a general rule, you cannot do that now. On the other hand, If you do work as an IC, an independent contractor, you are self-employed, you are going to be able to deduct that office in your home. And there are certain rules that 
I shared when I had a call about this just recently from a listener where I talked about how that place you use in your home, you need to make it clear it's not used for anything else that it's used for that purpose. And I saw recently an article about how people are buying these micro prefabs that they're putting outside their house to be a home office. And these prefabs tend to cost somewhere between $10,000 and $25,000. That's a lot of money to spend to then have a deductible home office. But if you're doing it because there's a lot of activity in your house and you can't get your work done like you'd like, then you want to get one of these prefabs and plop them down and hook up utilities to it, at least power. Um, go for it, and you will be able to deduct the expenses involved and other things involved with doing work from your home. But again, the dividing line is now much more stark that if you work for somebody, a lot of these expenses you're just stuck with they don't become a factor for your taxes. It's time for your questions that you posted for me at clark.com slash ask. And who's up now? That would be me. And this is from Richard in New York. Richard says, you've been mentioning a lot that the best Christmas deals are going to happen in this month of October. But if I buy during October, how do I deal with returns if it ends up being defective, problematic, or not wanted on Christmas morning? What a wonderful question that I should have answered already just in what I've said about the great sales that are going on today, by the way. I mean, today is a huge sale day going on. Um, Amazon Prime Days, Target's big deal going on, Walmart sale, Best Buy sale, and then a lot of others piggybacking on these sales that I'm anticipating to be the second biggest wave of sales this entire Christmas season other than Thanksgiving week. So what happens if you buy something now as a gift for somebody and normal gift return policies are much shorter? Most retailers through this week's sales, and if this is an important question, you want to check the individual retailers' policies, most are including returns to a date in January often around the 15th of January. So just make sure that you check return policies at a retailer you're interested in buying from during the sales this week. And what I recommend is either print out that policy. So if you have a problem later, you can say, wait, 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 I printed this out on, you know, during the sale or save it as some form of PDF or whatever that you can refer to later if there's a customer no service issue with a retailer not being cooperative about a January return of an item. Joel? Clark Debbie in California says, what do you think about Yada Savings? It's an online bank. I love the idea. It's something I've um, been interested in for years, and a small number of states have allowed um, credit unions, as an example, to do a thing where as you save money, 
you're entered into the equivalent of like sweepstakes to deal with the lottery effect where a lot of people buy the loser's game of these state lotteries where overwhelmingly um, the odds are hideous and you're much more likely to lose a substantial amount of money over the years than you are ever to make it back in winnings. So Yada Savings is taking that concept of what draws people like a moth to a light, this idea of uh, lotteries that I'm going to win a zillion dollars. And you don't win a zillion, but they have prizes you can win. And the idea is as you participate in saving money, it gives you the opportunity of more chances at the lottery. So I think it's a great um, consumer behavior kind of thing, which is behavioral economics, to give people more incentive to save and avoid things like throwing money down the toilet in a state-sponsored lottery. Kim? Barry in Arizona says, if you use GoodRx discount coupons for a prescription, what happens when you need a refill? For example, I take a drug every day that I need a 90-day supply of four times a year. How do I get refills? I'm in that same mode with maintenance medications. So with GoodRx, if I am filling a prescription through Good, you know, through the GoodRx coupon program instead of through the mail order pharmacy I have. And the reason I would do that is sometimes it's cheaper for me to fill through GoodRx than through the uh, mail pharmacy. You Each time you go to renew that nine, next 90-day supply, you've got to check the price again because the prices are dynamic with GoodRx and its competitors. So the price one time may be $17, next time maybe 12 or the next time it may be 52 So it just depends each time in which pharmacy to fill a prescription at could change substantially one 90-day cycle to the next. So you just have to treat every three months that you go to renew that prescription as an all-new shop for the best price. Joel? Clark D. in Connecticut says, the company that I work for has discontinued their 401k match. Should I continue to make contributions to my 401k or should I open up a Roth IRA instead? By the way, I'm 59 years young. So um, opening a Roth IRA, if you're going to be as systematic about putting money in as you were with the employer 401k, is a good idea. And as long as you go with one of the ultra-low-cost companies, and I list those on my investment guide at Clark.com. And so at 59, I don't know if you're planning to retire at 65 or at 70. You could look at a target retirement fund uh, 2025, 2030, based on where maybe in the next decade you're planning when. You're planning to bag work. And that would be just a really easy, systematic way for you to put aside $7,000 because you're allowed to do 7000 because of your age instead of six over a year instead of doing the employer-provided 401k. If you're saving more than 7000 in a year in that 401k, then still contribute the balance above 7000 to it so that you are 
getting the maximum tax advantage out of the year as you can. Kim? Stephen in Ohio says, I'm selling a used vehicle and I know not to accept a check from the buyer, but besides cash, is there another way that I should be accepting payment aside from going to their bank with them? So if you can't go to the bank with them, which is my favorite answer, you can accept a wire. A bank wire is a method of paying. Um, A personal check from somebody you don't know is a highly risky thing, but a wire transfer is money that is collected funds that you can trust. But again, my preferred way to do it is with both of you at the buyer's bank and that the transaction be completed, the bills of sale be done with one of those people at those overpriced desks they have in the lobby of the bank with one of the bank employees and then they hand you real funds right there uh, as the title is signed over, the bills of sale are signed, and as you get the money. But failing that, wire transfer. Joel? Clark Kinn in Arizona says, My wife and I are in our mid-60s, and we just refinanced our home for 30 years at 2.87%. If our children inherit this home before the end of the 30-year term, Will they be able to keep this awesome mortgage or do most banks require a refi on an inherited property? Unfortunately, there's something known as the due on sale clause and you passing away is the equivalent of that. So your kids will not be able to inherit that awesome mortgage. We used to be able to do what was called NQNE where you were able to, uh, as a buyer of a home, a stranger buying it, was able to take over your loan just as written but banks decided they didn't want to do that stuff anymore and so at the time of your passing your kids will have to figure out who's ultimately going to own the house and whichever individual ends up with it will end up having to take out a new loan to be able to satisfy the remaining mortgage balance so Uh, There are things you may look at as a way to handle that mortgage balance. And if you've not done any estate planning, this would be part of how you plan out your estate. And that would involve hiring a lawyer who does wills, estates, and trusts. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Hey, listeners, whether you love true crime or comedies, celebrity interviews, news, or even motivational speakers, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue, right? And guess what? Now you can call the shots on your auto insurance, too. Enter the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. The Name Your Price tool puts you in charge of your auto insurance by working just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance. Then they'll show you a variety of coverages that fit within your budget giving you options. Now, that's something you'll want to press play on. It's easy to start a quote, and you'll be able to choose the best option for you, fast. It's just one of the many ways you can save with Progressive Insurance. Quote today at Progressive.com to try the Name Your Price tool for yourself and join over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Tom is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Tom, you have something from prehistoric times you want to ask me about. Something called a pension? 
Yes. Yeah, so, uh, well, first off, let me uh, thank you for all you, you do for the community and saving money. I've been listening to you for, I'm thinking like maybe a decade now, and I've followed all your tips with banking and uh, financing and streaming and electrical. It's really, it's, you're really great. And I tell a lot of people about you uh, here in Connecticut. And I just wanted to thank you first off. And of course, thank you for your service. Absolutely. Thank you so much. And you have, when I say prehistoric and pension, nobody has <laughs> pensions anymore, but you yes. had so one when come I was, out, um, of, when, out of nowhere, right? Exactly. So when I'm, I'm in my um, early 50s now. In my 20s, I worked for a company for 10 years, and I accrued a pension. And you know, I always kept it aside in an envelope saying, you know, when I retire, blah, 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 you know. And every now and then they would, you know, I would get an email or a letter saying, you know, you don't forget you have a pension when you retire when you turn 65, 67, vice versa, stuff like that. So uh, recently I got a letter from the pension company saying that they're offering a one-time lump sum check of $18,000 for me to take. And there were three, um, there were three options with it. You could, one was take the lump sum. Two was, uh, you could start taking some right now and get $75 for the rest of your life uh, once a month. Or three, don't do anything and wait till you're 65 or 67, 70. And I was thinking maybe I should wait till I'm 65 or 70 because right now I, I do have a, uh, a traditional uh, IRA. I also have a Roth going on, which I've had since I was tw- my 20s. And I also have a 401k through work. So I thought this would be another way to diversify, have something else coming in when I retire. But my financial advisor said, no, you should cash that in right away and roll it over into a traditional IRA. And I thought this was a question that would be directed towards you. So I respectfully disagree with your financial advisor because I think there's enormous value in having set streams of money that you don't have to worry about or think about. And if you wait 13 years till you're 65, it's an extra 180 bucks a month, month Correct. after month for as long as you live. And, um, you know, the average lifespan of somebody who makes it to age 65 as a guy is 20 okay. years. So if you take okay. the amount of money we're talking about, um, you know, there's not a tragic or wrong answer in this case. But if you think about taking 180 a month times 12 times 20 years, that's $43,200 that you would have over those 20 years. You're then hoping if you put that 18000 into a retirement account that somehow you'll generate a lot more than that over these years, where in the other case, the money just comes along. Now, I, right. would, I would agree with your financial advisor if you are in bad health, if you are somebody who you're not expecting to live a normal lifespan, how is your health at 52? I just ran five miles this morning, so I'm doing pretty good. <laughs> All right. So if you're a fitness nut, it means that you're likely to outlive others. And I would just let the clock run on that till uh, you're 65. Take your 180 every month. It's like uh, you have a supplement to what you're going to have from Social Security, which you don't have to think about, which is really nice to have. And so that would be the route I would definitely go.
in five miles. Impressive. You're listening to The Clark Howard Show. Thanks for joining us today. The Clark Howard Show is produced by Kim Drobes, Joel Larsgaard, Deborah Reese, and Jim Ayers. And remember, 24 hours a day, we're there to serve you at Clark.com and ClarkDeals.com.